Welcome to the Technology Trust, Episode 102, 10 minutes of technology news, product reviews, demonstrations, and information to make your computing more secure and reliable. I am your host, Ken Sachs. And I'm your host, Chris Colson. First of all, if you plan to go to the UK anytime soon, don't borrow anyone's Wi-Fi to email your friends back home. Make sure that you go to coffee bars that offer free Wi-Fi. The BBC reported that London police are now arresting Wi-Fi poachers. They arrested a 39-year-old for standing outside of a home and connecting to an unsecured Wi-Fi. The problem for this guy is that in the UK, it is clearly stated in their laws that stealing Wi-Fi bandwidth is illegal. But here in the United States, the laws are much more vague. If you remember back in uh, 2005, Chris, there was a Florida man that was arrested for uh, creeping around outside of a home with his laptop, and he was stealing Wi-Fi. There was a gentleman who was sitting outside of this elderly couple's home. He was sitting there in his SUV with a laptop. The owner of the home came outside and seen this guy sitting outside, and the guy kindly closed his laptop. Later, he was spotted back outside with his laptop, and the owner of the home called the police. The owner actually knew how to secure his wireless but didn't because he states most of his neighbors are older. Hmm. Well, then, you know, there was a man in Alaska and a man in Michigan that were uh, fined for, if you get this, accessing free hotspots from the street rather than going inside of the building. Uh, is that nuts or what? That is nuts. I mean, you're going to offer something free. Does it matter where you're accessing, whether you're sitting outside or inside the restaurant? You know, I can understand the, the business point of view. The whole point of the hotspot is to bring your customers inside. Now, if you're just sitting outside, what's the big deal? Well, you know, it's it's even getting nuttier, though, because uh, in Westchester County, uh, which is right outside of New York City, it is now the law that businesses must secure their internal wireless network. The way they justified this was to protect the data of the local businesses and the personal information of employees. So I think that's crazy that uh, the government is telling you that you have to secure your wireless. And that's just internal for company use only. That's not if you're going to give free internet to your clients or visitors or anything. They really didn't state in the article about that, but it just seems crazy to me that uh, the government should tell you that you have to secure your wireless. I found out while talking with one of our internet service providers here on a local problem is that you are responsible for your internet connection, whether it be wireless or wired. It's not the internet service provider's fault, it is the actual homeowner's fault. So if somebody were to sit outside and use your wireless to post things to terrorist websites, you're going to get in trouble for that. We will be right back after this short break. Don't forget to check out our website at technologytrust.podbean.com. Again, that's technologytrust.podbean.com. The next story that we want to talk about has to do with the music industry, and you've heard the old saying that statistics don't lie, but statisticians do. Well, there was a new study that was released by the Institute for Policy Innovation, and in their report, it found – now get ready for this – that global music piracy cost the U.S. economy $12.5 billion – that's billion with a B – dollars in losses and 71,000 jobs per year. 
Now, I for one really find these numbers hard to believe. Over the last several years, you know, CD sales have really dropped, and I think a large part of that is because of sites such as iTunes and others that allow you to legally download songs for 99 cents or even cheaper. How many times in the past did you spend 10, 12 bucks for a CD only because you liked maybe two songs on the entire CD? Uh, but you wanted those two songs, so you were willing to spend the 10 or 12 bucks. Uh, now you can do it legally by just buying that one or two songs for just a couple bucks. There's something else to consider here, Ken, in that satellite has also taken off as well. You have Cirrus Satellite and you have XM Satellite, and I find myself actually tuning into XM or Cirrus Satellite just to stream the, the songs over my computer because I don't feel like listening to one song or listening to another song off of the CD and shuffling back and forth. I like to turn on a generic type of music and just let it play all by itself, let somebody else be the DJ for it. That's an excellent point, and yet again why CD sales continue to have dropped over the years. Well, the next story that we want to talk about has to do with uh, uh, protection suites. And uh, recently, one of the major technology publications that we both read did a review of the different security suites that are out there. Uh, they looked at two products, the Norton Internet Security 2008 product and the Panda Internet Security 2008 product. Uh, and these these products really go way beyond basic virus protection now. Uh, they include spyware protection, which I think is okay, but they also include in these packages firewall protection, spam filtering, identity management, Wi-Fi security, backup software, anti-phishing, parental control software, tune-up software, pop-up blockers. It's madness. You know, what the end result is is that you have this huge bloatware product that is sucking up lots of RAM, lots of system resources, and making the computer run so much slower. My experience has been, and I think you've experienced this too, Chris, that when you have these type of, of suites installed, they can really bring a very high-speed computer to its knees, even before it starts to scan for viruses. Mm -hmm. I agree. I've, I've seen that several times. I get calls, and I'm sure you get calls that, hey, my computer is running real slow. And the first question we ask is, well, what kind of antivirus or what kind of spyware do you have? Well, it's either McAfee or Norton. And right there, our first problem identified in removing that and throwing on some other applications that we use. And that's why for years now, you know, Chris and I have recommended AVG from Grisoft for antivirus protection and uh, CounterSpy from Sunbelt Software for spyware malware protection. And we have found that AVG is cheaper than Norton or McAfee, uh, and its memory and resource footprint is much, much smaller. And we have found it to be a superior product in other ways as well. AVG also has a free product for home use. So if you're not in the business environment and you need antivirus for your computer at home, why spend the $100 or so for Norton or McAfee when you can get something that works perfectly well at zero cost? That's an excellent point. And when it comes to spyware and malware, you know, we have found that CounterSpy is very good software. It's not the only one out there that we like, but it does have active protection, which is very, very important. Recently, though, there have been some updates which have taken longer than we like, and we are hoping that Sunbelt Software will get this resolved pronto. We will be right back after this short break. Call us on our voicemail line at 717-801-1527. Do you have tips that you want to share with our listeners? Do you have questions that you want answered on our next podcast? Call our voicemail line 
and leave us a message. We may post your voicemail on our website or in our next podcast. Again, that number is 717-801-1527. And we thank you for your continuing support. The next story we want to talk about has to do with some of the the new and exciting products from Google, uh, and that's the new Google Apps. Uh, Google Apps is a service, obviously, from Google. It features several known web applications that have been out for a while, including Gmail and Google Calendar, Google Talk, Page Creator, and the new Google Docs and Spreadsheets. The standard edition, which is free, offers two gigabytes of email storage per account. And then there's the Premier Edition, which offers 25 gigabytes of email storage, and that costs $50 per year per account. There's also an Education Edition, which is free and combines the features from both the Standard and the Premier Editions. I've worked with the Google Apps for a couple months now, and for a completely web-based system, I'm pretty impressed with many of the basic features. But I'm really not sure if I would recommend a small business move everything over there quite yet. But I do see it developing into a pretty nice product in the future. Microsoft will be introducing Microsoft Office Live Workspace in the future, which will compete with some Google App features. According to the Microsoft website, some of the features include this Anywhere access to be able to store thousands of Microsoft Office documents in one place, the ability to access them from almost any computer with just using a web browser, no more flash drives or sending yourself documents via email. You can easily collaborate or share with others. You can invite people to your workspace. You can control who can view, comment, or edit your documents. You can stop manually merging versions from multiple people. It does work with Microsoft Office, so you do have to have Microsoft Office installed locally. And then also you can open and save files directly from Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. You can synchronize contact, task, and event lists with Outlook. And since most people are familiar with Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, you really don't have to learn a new application. Does this allow for collaboration and sharing of documents online with each other? The Google Apps does allow collaboration. It's hard to say for sure what the Microsoft Office Live Workspace will offer in its final version. Right now, they are just offering beta sign-up. They really haven't opened that up yet, so we haven't had a chance to evaluate that. Uh, it does say that we can share documents, but it doesn't really say in what to what degree. Have you played with the sharing on Google Docs or Google Apps? Yes. Over the last couple of months, we have shared documents. It does allow you to share documents with people that are in your group, and it, it works pretty well. been pretty pleased with it. But because it is a web-based word processor, it is a web-based spreadsheet, it does have you know very basic functions. It's not like a full-blown word processor or a full-blown spreadsheet. And I've actually just used it with sharing an Excel document with a friend of mine. And we were both online. We were talking on the phone, but then we realized that right on the right-hand side of the shared document, we were able to chat. So we were chatting back and forth, talking about, you know, does this formula look right, or does this calculation look right, or how's the formatting in this look? And we were able to talk real time. Granted, we're here in the same city, but the concept worked just about anywhere in the world. Well, we are already out of time. You have been listening to the Technology Trust with your hosts Ken Sachs and Chris Colson. We thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our website at technologytrust.podbean.com. 
Again, that's technologytrust.podbean.com.